0: I like in Police Squad, the Police Squad episodes, when Leslie Nielsen walks into a bar and sits down, and the, the the seat is way, it's way, 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 way down below the bar, and he's essentially sitting on the ground. <laughs> Bartender walks up and says, what will it be? Nielsen, screwdriver. The guy hands him a screwdriver, a literal <laughs> screwdriver, and he kind of he ratchets himself back up on the seat, and then says, Uh, uh JB on the rocks double or whatever it is <laughs> yes, he says. That's right, good stuff in the six episodes of Police Squad. Some of the best television
1: ever.
2: <laughs>
0: it was a summer replacement show. The gags and the jokes in that with Nielsen and Alan North laid the foundation for the Naked Gun franchise. Which, really, I only like the first one. The others have their funny moments, but the first one's the best. Which came first, uh, Police Squad? Police Squad in the early eighties, no, or Airplane? After airplane, okay, yeah, police squad's a little after airplane. Airplane, kind of with it, Nielsen, it set we're all counting the genre. on yeah. yeah, but the gags in that are just—they're <laughs> they're amazing. They're funny. They're some of the best I've ever seen on television. But I could use a screwdriver, well, right? I mean, I how don't did this? Know. How did this stool get? How did it get down this low? There's—it's it's bolted <laughs> together. Somebody really had to work hard the to get where it this the chair low. Has to be spun no, around. No, it's not. I, I don't get oh, it. Oh, it's an adjustment. Yeah, no, it's not. There's no... Oh. I mean, somebody had to get it down that low, had to really work to get it that way. Unscrew a bunch of things and screw them back down tightly, I think. Oh, that's weird. Right. That's really weird. Morning. I know. I feel it doesn't feel right. It's lower than it was last week, and I felt it was getting lower and lower, so <laughs> something strange we'll have to is going some, on uh, in the world.
3: Some sleuthing on There
0: it. are many things important in this life that's... This is not one of them. Way down on the list. <laughs> what is important, John, and it is great to see I'm glad you went to, to the wrestling match against Cal Poly. Yeah, that was you a had blast. a great experience. My wife went to gymnastics on uh, Saturday, first time she'd been. She is texting me what a great atmosphere it was, sending me photographs from Gill. Mm-hmm. Jade Carey is a phenomenon without question. She did say that the presentation of Jade's routine, I mean, people are just agog and abuzz, mm-hmm. and as well we ought to be over her. And yet, this morning, when I reached out to Amy, who handles the interview request for right. gymnastics, I said, can we get somebody out from the name other than Jade? Not because, I, we could talk to Jade every day, every week. Well, we got to try. And we're going to try. We hope to have her on someday on yeah. the Joe Beaver show. I know she's been on with Canzano in the Great North. So, she she she's a sweetheart of a of a person and, and I'm sure she would be a wonderful guest to have on and it's yeah. not as though we don't want to talk to her but I do have this feeling inside of me a little bit about that, that the rest of the team's performing as you said yeah. extremely well yeah. and we did have Caitlin Yanish, and we hope to have somebody else on and maybe and for those of you who went to gymnastics maybe you could say I'll tell you who's really you know if you if you want to give us a sense of You know who you ought to talk to or you know who's really impressing you when you go to the uh, meets, just as a fan, Jade, of course. But who else? Who else is having the kind of year that you're going, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's good. If you have any suggestions or ideas along those lines, feel free to call or email because we, or text, we do want to have Jade on at some point. But uh, her talented Teammates, certainly, too, we're were interested in having conversations with.
3: It was fun to talk with Michael last week. Uh, Was it Thursday or Friday? I can't remember. Great conversation, as always. He's he's a big sports fan and can talk all Beaver sports just as a fan. But certainly we we learned some things. You know, we got into this conversation last week because I dared ask the question. And I still don't know that we've gotten an answer, even though there was a lot of input on this, about – Meet versus match. Oh, yeah. And getting to the going to the wrestling meet Friday night. And watching matches. And watching matches. That's mm-hmm. what I've kind of said, right. come down to it, that that's where we are. That's what it is. You go to the wrestling meet and watch the matches. And, um, boy, it was fun. It was fun, the presentation. And I, I'll tell you this, having interviewed Chris Pendleton many times, okay, we've had him on this show many times since the start and since he was even... You know, be, just being hired in the whole nine yards. I'm looking over and I'm just, I'm soaking it all in, the atmosphere. Apparently the microphone coming down from the ceiling is a new a new thing for the announcement of uh, uh, matches and starting lineups. Kind of a Michael Buffer exactly, type approach. Exactly, exactly. Apparently the smoke to have the, it used to be Matt in the middle and National Anthem and then... You start wrestling, and then the teams are on their chairs outside the mat. But now they have a full-on presentation. They've got the microphone that comes down and the announcement that way, which is Who pretty does cool. the announcement? I don't know the name of the person doing the public address. Is it a
0: somebody outside the it Oregon like. State family that wrestling maybe in his bailey, I, in I a think wheelhouse, so. wheelhouse? And thus, they brought in a guy who knows the sport yeah. and has a entertainment-type edge to it? Uh, Well, he didn't go over the top. The the, the microphone comes down,
3: but it's Mm. not overdone, which is great. He he does regular... It's not SoFi type. No, regular public address. It's just... It looks kind of cool to Mm -hmm. have it down there. Um, The... Each individual wrestler will, as they're ready to, it's their turn. Because when one match is done, then there's a good amount of time in between. So then they'll have a reintroduction and he'll, they'll go into the tunnel and then blow the fog and the smoke and then come running out of the tunnel. And that was kind of neat. The band was there. Apparently that's new. And cheerleaders, which was new from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I think we'll have to confirm this, but I, I don't know if it was a one time deal or if it's an every time deal. But uh, Coach Sinicola from soccer was sitting on the bench next to uh, Coach Pendleton and, and uh, is it Coach Engel and, and the assistants as part of the deal, and then was announced at the quote unquote halftime, um, you know, and got a big rousing ovation for her job with women's soccer. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was a one-time deal or if they have a other sport coach joins us on our bench every, mat, every home meet. Hmm. That's so a good I th- question. If, it's a, if that's the truth or the way it is, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And she got into it. It was fun to watch. Um, and, of course, uh, just the wrestling itself was great. And I love the, I love the rivalry. I love, too, the, the, the inner workings of, of recruiting. There were two Crescent Valley High School graduates on Cal Poly. Mm. And in asking Coach Pendleton his ties with Cal Poly last week, he laughed and said, oh, well, that's where I thought I was going to end up. Mm. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just didn't work. So they, they know each other. Yeah. It's a it's a good rivalry. You wouldn't think that. You think Cal Poly, mm. basketball and baseball, we play them in other sports. The Beavers do. But uh, there's uh, some connections there,
0: as there are, I'm sure, in all of wrestling. Um, and you just you were telling me as we talked about it over the weekend, amongst other things that I enjoyed, you sent me. I appreciated you texting me some <laughs> photographs from Gil or you were there, yep. and we went back and forth on it a little bit. So I was happy for you to get that experience. But it being the first time you'd been able to make one in the new era, you know, the Chris Pendleton era. Yeah. So some of the things you're touching on. But you were also just impressed with the general crowd yeah. of the students. and. Yeah. The, it, it, it's not as though you were selling the sport short. We've known of its appeal to a, a core, yeah, the heart and soul of, of the wrestling program and boosters and donors and followers. Big but, deal. But you, but we, but you felt like you were, I guess, surprised might be the word, whatever, impressed by. The breadth yeah. uh, and variety of the fan that was there. It wasn't just sort of the old core wrestling. Go- I mean, you know students was, like you
3: were at a basketball game or any other event. It was students. It yeah. was boyfriends and
0: girlfriends.
3: Mm-hmm. I heard more around me from girlfriends. I mean, that shouldn't be surprising. Mm-hmm. There's There's female wrestling, but... They, they knew what was going on. They were getting <laughs> upset when they didn't get a point for, right. a, for an okay. escape or, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, this is really a, a culture in and of itself. Yes. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty, uh, cool. pretty surprising to me, the diversity of the crowd. Okay. It was really cool. Yeah. And, 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 and another thing that surprised me, I shouldn't be surprised. But my wife was going crazy. Mm-hmm. She was going crazy. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? But was her she seeing
0: things that provoked the emotional response in a way that you wonder even what she was so upset about? Yes. I mean, to that level? Because I don't okay. know scoring yeah. at all. And she's like, that's not, that, that's <laughs> not a takedown. That's her. not a,
3: you know, whatever.
0: Good for Kim. Hey, in the meantime, we do have open phones, open text, the University Honda text line. 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line. If you went to Wrestling Friday, Gymnastics Saturday, if you watched basketball throughout the weekend. And J- Jason Quick, by the way, just to let you know, Jason will join us tomorrow. It'll be our first conversation with the Oregon State alumnus, beat writer from The, the Athletic, who does such a great job covering the Blazers. Jason Usually is on with us once or twice a year during an NBA season. Big fan of Oregon State Athletics and a, and a graduate of OSU. So he's a go-to guy for us for a variety of reasons. But his work in the athletic is phenomenal. And he will be able to join us tomorrow, he said, to talk about the trade, what it all means, yeah, what it may stay. Man. So Jason, tomorrow. And we also would love to hear from anybody an immediate sort of reaction to the news about the deal and what the Clippers are getting and the Blazers sending a couple of guys that, in a sense, I thought were big pieces for so an overall rebuild in Norman Powell and Robert I Covington. I like Norman Powell. Was yeah. Of, uh, so hit 28 the other night, I guess. You know, What do you make of it? And if you have a, an initial reaction to what it means – how you like it, don't like it. It's the beginnings of something, though, in a, in a grand master plan that you can't just look at this move and say, well, it's bad on paper. For Maybe in the long run it frees money up and all of that and helps the Blazers going forward. If you have any reaction to it from a personnel standpoint and what it allows management to do going forward, love to get your thoughts. Jason will share his tomorrow. Beaver basketball over the weekend turns out to be a tough weekend for both teams going on the road and, and the teams combined to go 0-4. The, uh, the games in the, on the Arizona swing were interesting, to be sure, and we're going to talk about Friday night and the end here in a moment. I've reached out to running Ann Schatz, who called the game with Joan Bonvicini, and hope that Ann can offer her reflections on what she saw unfold in the final 17 seconds. So if you'd like to join us in what you saw and what you made of it on that Friday night game in Tempe, feel free. 497-5356. Harold has uh, been kind enough to call the Downward Dog phone line this morning. Harold, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, thank you.
4: I was, I was just you were asking about who might be an interesting
5: mm-hmm.
4: interview from the gymnastics team. And I'm thinking it might be Warren, a girl named Lauren Latch. She's a freshman, and uh, she's been injured a lot, working her way back. They say that she was missed like three years, hmm. and uh, I think she she's part of that freshman team that's going to be just terrific.
0: Thank you for that, Harold. Yeah, and what uh, now? When you said she's been injured, I, I haven't seen the story or the or the box score, so to speak. Did she compete? Saturday night. Oh yeah,
4: she. Okay. Yeah, she's been. She's all since they the started. She's been in uh, uh, vault, uh, beam, and floor. They won't let her on the bars because her shoulders still oh, okay. bad. Okay. I guess.
0: What of those three? What event <laughs> appears to be her strongest suit? I think floor. Okay.
4: Well, she's awful good on the vault too. So.
0: Hey, thank you for He's that, Harold. Her- yeah, we'll, we'll 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 take a look. I mean, we'll we'll go down that road uh, by request. It sounds like a uh, it would be wonderful to talk to her about the journey she's been on and all that she's overcome. What did you make of uh, the match Saturday in terms of the atmosphere, the Jade Carey phenomenon, as we describe it? Just what you make of the the talent level she brings as a you know for you as a fan of the sport? What's it been like to go to the meets this year?
4: Well, I haven't been to one. I've been oh. watching it on television. Okay. But uh, I think she's terrific. Well, I started following her when she uh, signed her letter mm-hmm. of intent back in 2017, watching her go through the Olympics and stuff. And I think that she's going to do nothing but make that team better. She just brings something to everybody.
0: Yeah. I look forward to it, Harold.
4: Sometimes for- sometimes uh, others will rise up, you know. <laughs>
0: Thank you for the suggestion on Lauren, and we'll, Thanks, we'll seek her out. We appreciate it, Harold. One of our two regulars and Sandy. Doc, let's take our first break. When we come back, I, I do want to talk a little bit about a phrase that I've heard my whole life, and it came to mind Friday night when I tuned in to Ron, and when I did, where was I Friday night? It's hard to remember. I was in a different bed four straight nights. Corvallis to Portland, to Salt Lake City, to Boulder. Yes, yes, okay. I was in Boulder Friday after much movement and walking and get, getting dinner. I tuned in to Ron when I opened up my phone to tune in, mm-hmm. to listen to Ron. Mm-hmm. 17 seconds to go. And I heard the, and now they're, I mean, I I didn't get the whole possession. I didn't hear Ron say, Scott screaming for a timeout—they're not giving it. I mean, I didn't get any of that. That kind of all came after the fact. What right. led to T, T ejection, eight free throws in uh. 17 seconds to take a two-point game to a ten-point game? It felt like there was so much wrong with that that I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, you know, and maybe even a degree of culpability, you know, for one of the great people and coaches ever. And Scott, I mean, you—he was, I'm sure, flabbergasted by not getting the time. I mean, but. To go from a two-point game to a ten-point loss in 17 seconds—whether he'd like to have some of those seconds back—just you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs in 13 seconds. What do you do with 17 seconds? I don't know, but you don't—you don't usually give up eight free throws in 17 seconds. So, from your perspective, fans, and I love Scott, and I—you I, know—if he's fighting for his team and an injustice, and it was just a ridiculous—that's fine. I, but part of me, just as a fan, pulls back. Ooh, as bad as it was, is. <laughs> Don't you know? Don't take yourself out of the game here. That, that was co- sort of how I listened to it. How, how can you get? But unless it was so, maybe it was so egregious that that was the response required, and so that's what I'm asking fans here today. I thought I had read that the official was standing right there and right.
3: he was trying to get the timeout. And if they that's just the were case, then that ignored is, him.
0: That is so bad. Yeah, that maybe the the, you know, the blowing ones. You know, just it's it. You're all in. You're, I'm standing, if, you, if I'm this close to you, time out, saying, time, time out, time out, time out. And they don't now, even turn around. Now, here's here's the the phrase as we go to break. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> that phrase my whole life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And I go, well, well, what's the other ten? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I've never fully understood the phrase. I don't quite know what it means. <laughs> applied legally and in case. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why isn't it 10-10? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Just possession, can't. it seems to be, what's at issue here? And this is what I hope we can discuss. I saw Jared Lucas under duress, get double-teamed in Boulder, about to fall over the half-court line. It could have been an over-and-back and all that, but he called timeout and was given it. Really? Even So, I, I'm not sure I want to hear that the official was going to see how it played out and whether the ball would come loose if Ellie Mack was under pressure and the Pac-12 is apparently saying that Scott wasn't given a timeout because he did not have nine-tenths of the law in his favor. He did not have possession, that the possession was in dispute, that the ball was kind of loose when he's asking for it, mm. whereas most people I've talked to who were there said, no, no, he was asking for a timeout when the ball was clearly in Ellie's hands, yeah. which, if so, the officials erred, and the Pac-12 apparently is not cop to that. So which well, how, they won't. However you saw it, listened to it, were there. Feel free to give us a call or text 497-5356-1240, Joe Radio.
6: Are you considering a new look this winter? Looking for something to brighten up your daily routine? McClinton Painting can help. We know cabinets can be expensive to replace, but painting them can be an affordable way to upgrade, increasing the value of your home and bringing a new look to your daily routine. Update your wood storage cabinets, kitchen cabinets, or even bathroom vanities. Big or small, we paint them all. Find us online at mcclintonpainting.com. McClinton Painting. Quality painting made easy.
7: If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and go be For auto glass solutions,
1: better call the glass man. Call 541 760 2277. Call the glass man.
8: Hi, this is Jake the glass man. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call.
1: For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541 760 2277. Call the glass man.
9: The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a $6.50 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvette.
10: trump's hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools clubs and groups throughout the mid valley trump says the area's largest selection of radio control cars boats airplanes and helicopters plus drones plastic models model trains fantasy games collector cards and modeling tools parts paints and supplies whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out trump's is there to help build it drive it fly it Trump Zombies, and the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing
7: enjoyment to life. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Linn County Veteran Services serving our local veterans.
11: The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.
3: All right. Um, a couple of texts have come in on the University Haunted text line, which by the way is 541 497 5356. Again, 541 497 5356 for both the University Haunted text line and and the downward dog uh, phone line. This is something I want to follow up on because, you know, we talk about the Super Bowl, we talk about a lot of different things and who might be in our midst when it comes to college athletics or even pro sports. But we've never really discovered, and then we've talked a lot about the Olympics with Jade Carey, Summer Games. We've never really talked about Olympic athletes in our midst, much less going way back. So someone writes in to say, Google Mike Hessel, Olympian loser from the 60s, who is known as the melon man at the local farmer's market. Ask him about the brawl in Innsbruck in 64. My interest is peace. <laughs> yes, I
0: agree. That's an amazing text. We
3: must find this person. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's perfect timing with the Winter Games. Anything that happened in any Olympics in the past is interesting, especially a brawl, and anybody who's local. I mean, that is amazing. Not to mention, who doesn't like luge? I mean, you grow up sledding down hills, So you certainly got to watch that when it comes on. (laughs) It's different than bobsled because it's something that we all can do. We just need a hill and a sled and snow. And with those radio flyers, mm-hmm. we, could, we would go out on the icy roads for those. You can't do those on grass. And, you know, back in the day, we'd find the local hill. We had a local hill where it, it went down and around a corner and over some tracks and yes. then down. And it was wow. so dangerous, we could have gotten killed. Absolutely. But we did the old radio flyer. So we have to get this gentleman on the air. There's no doubt Thank about that.
0: Thank you for that. That's a Yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get on that. That's a, a great suggestion. We have another uh, fan saying that uh, Maddie Dayton would be fun to talk with, too. So thank you for the suggestions and ideas on the Oregon State gymnastics team. We also have a text, and I, I enjoy this one because it's very informative. And the na- We don't have a name of the text, or at least if we, if we did, we'd have to scroll way back through. Yeah. If, you, if you ever want your name acknowledged on the University Honda text line and text, if you don't mind beginning with... This is Shane and Corvallis or, you know, Bill and whatever. We'd love to have your name at the beginning. But here, and this is now we have a little more time. We needed to take a break. I've asked Ann Schatz to come on and Mm -hmm. give us her perspective, not having seen the telecast, not knowing what she and Joan had to say, listening to Ron at the end and the parade to the free throw line, which was staggering to me. I'm sitting here listening to the last 17 seconds. What? Yeah. And, and Scott and Ron to his, you know, it's not Ron's fault because believe me, I see exactly what he is dealing with sitting courtside, right? Adjacent to the bench. Many times you have coaches, players, people, officials standing directly in your path of vision and cannot see what's going on. And Johnny, you've seen me, I've seen you with, you spend a lot of time moving around this way and this way and pushing back this way and (laughs) twisting and turning and be able to see. Yeah. Just trying to see what's happening. That is the disadvantage of being in that seat. I love it, but you do miss some things as a result. So Ron wasn't quite sure what exactly Mm -hmm. was going down and what so agitated Scott. He thought, you know, was, he mad that there wasn't a foul called against Arizona state on the possession. Was he mad that, uh, after the ball got you know, taken away that there shouldn't have been a foul. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. And he didn't know until he talked to Jonas afterwards with Scott gone, Jonas mm-hmm. Chatterton, the associate head coach. And I listened to that conversation yeah. in the aftermath of the controversial ending that Scott was completely, uh, he was near apoplectic about not getting the mm-hmm. timeout when the Beavers had possession down to on that final possession down two. With the ball, chance to tie or maybe take the lead, maybe win the game in yeah, regulation. Yeah, on a last-second shot. And didn't get to see any of it. So, And get to see how it might have played out. So I guess my question to you on whatever perspective you bring to it, maybe you didn't see the game at all or listen to it or know the circumstances around it. This texture writes this. The official looked back at Scott. And acknowledged him talking, but mm-hmm. nothing happened. Right Now, talking, do I read into your use of the word, the official looked back at Scott and acknowledged him talking. Is that acknowledging him asking for the timeout? Well, Is that what you mean by that? Acknowledged texture? something coming turned, out of his mouth. According to, I mean, I've not seen any video replay of any of this. And then the texter opines, I think the official didn't want to look away from the action. Ellie had the ball when they started talking, but was getting in trouble. Only Scott knows when, if he did ask for a timeout. Well, he did ask for a timeout. Scott is not going to make that up out of the blue, right? I mean, if he said he was asking for a timeout, he was asking for a timeout. But the Texas is only Scott knows when, if he did, ask for a timeout. We lost the ball and had to foul. That led to six free throws, two for the two technical fouls each. So it goes from a two-point game to an eight-point game, and then one final foul on a ensuing possession for Arizona State, and mm-hmm. you go from give up eight free throws in the last 17 seconds and lose by 10. That's almost impossible. I mean, I, I mean, you yeah. you just look at that, Matt. Matt, how in the world can that happen? Well, that's how it happened. So, the question that I have then is, in that text, sums up a lot of things. Right. That the official turned and looked. And didn't give him the timeout. And did not give the timeout. Why not? What I don't want to hear, unless you are an official, and this is why I say whatever perspective you bring. Yeah. I cite Jared Lucas in trouble at midcourt against Colorado Saturday afternoon for the Beaver men's basketball team. The Beavs used all their timeouts, by the way. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I've seen that happen very often, but Wayne used all of them and didn't have any left. It didn't matter much in the last mm-hmm. 10 minutes, but he used them all trying to trying to help the guys deal with a bad outing in Boulder where they were down players. No Deshaun Davis, where Reef Alatiche didn't yeah. play. I mean, they that was a game they were up against a lot of issues going in, and Colorado couldn't miss, and they jumped out 13 nothing. Beavers pulled within five but at 16-11, but from that point, Colorado did dominate the game the Beavers played a better second half only outscored by one point in the second half but it was a it was a tough weekend for the team so that's a side yeah but the Jared Lucas play for a moment is what comes to mind John in this sense this is where if you're an official or know the rules of the game and you know how we've talked to officials about the, they'll be slow to blow a whistle. Okay, mm-hmm. the whistle's a courtesy we heard we, in the old ask the referee segment in football. In football, but yeah. slow to blow a whistle because they kind of they want to give time for the action to play out. What does that mean exactly? And in basketball, does that sort of doctrine apply? And here, I saw Jared Lucas about to either have the ball ripped away, being double-teamed when he got across midcourt at the CU Event Center in Boulder, and almost falling over the midcourt stripe. If he does, it's an over and back. But he has full possession of the ball in that somewhat compromised position, an aggressive double-team where the ball could be taken away, he could be tied up, he could fall into the backcourt, but he's yelling, timeout, 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 and timeout is granted. It doesn't matter what kind of precarious position he was in, is right. what I'm suggesting. Right. And in this text, the texture and, and shrewdly, I think, uh, uh, makes a good observation in the standpoint of the texture saying that uh, that she was about to be or Ellie was about to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So does the official weigh that? Yeah. You know, so. Here's the text again. I think the official didn't want to look away from the action. Ellie had the ball when they, the official and Scott, started talking. But Ellie was getting in trouble. Only Scott knows when if, when, and if he did ask for a timeout. Okay. It doesn't matter how much trouble she's in or is about to get in because possession's nine tenths. Because she has the ball and no matter... If she's falling out of bounds, you'll 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 see people get yeah. timeouts. Granted, yeah. as they're falling out of bounds, but they still have possession. Yeah, they don't. They so,
3: don't uh, make a an it, exception for a bailout. You can well, use it as a bailout. Yeah, you're, we, you're, we see it when the ball's on the floor and guys are scrambling, scrambling for it. For it right, and they'll, they'll grant quickly, the, get the time out. timeout.
0: Right, and you don't have to do the motion with your hands. No, that's right. You yell timeout. You time can out. say timeout. So. And inside of two minutes, coaches can call their own timeout. So it's not as though the official, only your player can call it on the court. Right. And
3: and if it, it wouldn't have mattered in this
0: case, since that's inside of two minutes.
3: Yeah, It wouldn't have mattered what the situation was unless the official had made the determination jump ball and blew the whistle, which they hadn't yet. No. And, so and, and, and then Ellie point, ends up Scott having the ball timeout. Out.
0: Yeah. And Ellie has the ball taken away. Whether she was fouled on that, I don't know. And that, I've not seen any video of this. For those of you who watched the game with Ann and Joan calling it, for those of you who watched a live stream, for those of you who listened to Ron, for those of you who might have been there, we covet your perspective on all of these matters. And for those of you who know the dynamics of officiating and say, well, yeah, he, did," the, he, she, the official, I'm not even sure who. I, I think it was. I've been told sort of a young, one of the younger officials in the league was the one, now we're not even beyond not giving the timeout. Well, I'm quick. I'm curious to know how quick the team yeah, was. Yeah, how sudden. It, it sounded like Jake O'Donnell to me. Remember when he ran Clyde in the playoff yeah. game? I, Didn't he as, as though he wanted to? Yeah. I mean, Clyde, there was a foul or something was called on Clyde, and Clyde turned and yelled, and Jake got him once. Clyde comes kind of over quickly, and two, gone. And Jake O'Donnell never worked a game in the NBA again. Really? Because they saw. That it was personal. They saw that it was vindictive. Jake O'Donnell never worked a game in the NBA after that night because he had it in his mind and heart to, to get Clyde out of the game as soon as there was any controversy. That's a shameful moment in Jake O'Donnell's otherwise outstanding career as an official. I've seen it the other way around. I've seen people write and say, what a shame. That the NBA capitulated to Drexler's beef and, no, and no, sided no, no. with you Clyde. can't, you
3: can't have a- No,
0: an official cannot have a personal animosity no. Determine And whether, you know, I, I don't know a background or a history. I don't even know who the official was or is the name of the official. I don't. But that, if you talk about officials don't want to decide games or shouldn't decide, that official decided that game. Yeah. On a lot of levels. Not giving the time out. And then that's one. That's two. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah. And as soon as those two T's were called, the game was effectively over. I'd love to have known how quick those were. So I'm just curious if any of you have a perspective on this. Pat has called and apparently does. If you'd like to text us, send us your thoughts. Please do. Four nine seven five three five six. Pat. Good morning.
12: How you doing, Mike? Fine, um, thanks. Yeah, it was a uh, well, it was a frustrating game to begin with, but we won't go there just yet. The way I saw it, and, I, and repeated replays, and even before their game yesterday, the, the announcers who I think are generally very pro-Beavers, or at least mm-hmm. very good uh, fair. it's just impossible to tell because you can't hear. When Scott first makes the timeout signal, and you can see him yelling "timeout." at that point, Ellie does not have the ball okay. yep. solely herself. Okay, I'd like to say something different. Mm-hmm. Could he? You know, in the women's game, I one thing that does frustrate me they call jump balls like so quickly, hmm. and I, I, I guess that must be a because it happens in all the games I've seen. But anyway, it was impossible to tell if, if you're going on his symbol, and what you can see on the TV is he's saying timeout. At that point, I can see why they wouldn't have, because the ball was in kind of flux. Gotcha. As far as who had and who didn't.
0: But the rub here, but Pat, the rub on that, I'll I'll take your word for it, but do we know, as the texter said, when did Scott first start talking and asking, is it possible that the television camera only picked him up after Ellie was somewhat in duress, or, or did he want to get the timeout, the, as you're suggesting, as the ball was already kind of jarred loose and he's yelling for it just in that same moment when possession was in doubt, or was he asking for it before it was in doubt?
12: Well, what you see on the video is he's right ne- Scott's right next to the ref. Mm-hmm.
10: Huh?
12: Ellie's got the ball, and you can see him. He's wondering, like, should I call a timeout or is she going to make a play? About the time he leans over to say timeout, it appears it's really impossible to tell.
5: Okay.
12: Hear in video or audio what Scott's saying is that at that point the Arizona State player was making a move on the ball. Okay. And and then as far as the technicals go, that, that official let Scott go down the sideline, really mad. Mad, and I've never seen
0: Scott.
5: Mm-hmm.
12: Uh, and didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. And I think she warned him. Okay. And after three or four seconds, just said, "Okay, that's enough." at technical. He then, of course, came onto the court. I think at that point, he probably figured, "Well, we're screwed either way here." <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah.
12: And they gave him another technical. Okay. And he and the lead official, who apparently he has a very good relationship, was missing somebody. Melissa else, Barlow. Uh,
0: Melissa Barlow, maybe. What's that? Melissa Barlow. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
12: Uh, but, and then they were, they were very cordial, very, you know, I'm sorry, Scott, you came on the court and yeah. you know, it's like, right. we have to call it technical if you come on the court. Um, I believe me, I'd love to see it the other way, mm-hmm. and it, but it was very, very close. Okay. And, and to be honest with you, if we'd have made a decent, normal amount of free throws, we would have been protecting the lead at that point as opposed to battling from two points behind. So it was disappointing that way is we, we missed a lot of free throws, especially when we had the game kind of
0: three
12: to five points. So yeah, I, I, I'd love, I'd love to blame the officials, but it was too close for me on TV and they played it again yesterday before the game. And the Mary Murphy, who's very fair, I think, uh, she just said, "Well, it was close, but Scott, you can see he's calling timeout, and the ball's already ah. in the state of flux. Okay, so they can't grant her
0: a timeout, grant him a timeout. So, well, Pat, you're no fun at all because I wanted to be mad yeah, about that I'm the sorry. rest of the I'm day. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be mad about he's calling timeout and I, not giving it. Know, I wanted to be mad yeah, about that's... quick whistles and quick technicals, and you've just you've taken that away from me, Pat."
12: Well, they, they were, it was a bad basketball weekend. I would love to have something else to complain I about. but uh, It's just been a bad, it's just been a, uh, Scott has just been, uh, well, they, they've been, they've been, you know, with COVID and everything, they just, it seems to have gotten the worst of the schedule and the yeah. delays. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a real disappointing so far.
0: They're running into an, an incredible gauntlet here. I mean, not that they just didn't not. come through one. They just, you know, they just came through playing two tough teams on the road and played well for long stretches. Maybe that's the good news that we can pull back from a little bit. Those were very competitive, hard-fought games. The final scores in both not indicative. Ten points, twelve points. Those neither of those were really ten and twelve point games in terms of how no, the Beavers no. competed throughout. Right. Oh,
12: absolutely. Right. They were, they were right there both games, and Arizona just had one final spurt. Yeah. Um, Arizona just has two very, very quick guards, and I just one more plot to Jim Wilson. Uh, at the beginning of the year, after mm-hmm. he saw one Beaver game, the women's game,
5: mm-hmm.
12: you asked him for his opinion, and he said, "Yeah, I think quick guards are going to give us a big yeah. problem. Yeah, he did. And that every game I've seen that, it's been the case. We have good guards, but they're not quick.
0: Yeah. Yep. It hey, does, Pat. Does hurt. Your call, even though hurtful, is a very good one. Thank you for being <laughs> oh, as yeah. objective as possible, even though a great fan. We appreciate it, Pat. Thanks for the call. So, okay, okay. Is Pat right, or no? No, I'm still mad, and here's why. <laughs> that sounded like
3: a very well yes. thought out and broken down uh, with with analysis, and <laughs> it was all very well overruled. Done. <laughs>
0: I know what you're saying, John, and it was because that's a true fan right. It's a guy who loves the Beavers. Yes. The fan. He, he says, I did, wish I was saying something else. He didn't want to have And to he, say he, it. he sounded as though the official gave Scott a little room even before yeah. the first one. Yeah. Because I've been one of those proponents of the Bobby Hurley Act. You know, when when did that go into effect? The Bobby Hurley Act from nineteen thirty three. Now the Bobby <laughs> Hurley Act, we ought to we ought to get him teed up more often than he is yeah. when he's running around like a fool. So if I say that about Bobby Hurley, sounds like Scott had quite a bit of latitude before they even. And then he got the one. And as Pat suggested, well, he knows they're shooting free throws on the foul. He -hmm. knows one tee is going to lead to two more, and that's essentially ball game. So he got his money (laughs) with the next one out of thorough frustration over the yeah. whole sequence yeah. and maybe even just the building up if if free th- miss free throws and things in a game that you had a real good look at winning with the challenge of winning games ahead is pr- a profound one in this next stretch. Uh yeah, I you can see how it would all kind of boiled over for Scott. Yeah. But if you have a different perspective than that we just heard from Pat, we're going to take a break but we'd love to hear it either on the Downward Dog phone line. or the University Honda text line would love to get your input there, too. And not just the basketball weekend for both. If you want to weigh in, did you go to wrestling? Did you go to gymnastics? How much fun did you have at those events? Feel free to jump in on 1240 Joe Radio
13: win meet at the Albany Gun Club, March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, 3 and 3 quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to
10: GunClub.com. Independent Auto Works has been servicing and repairing Volkswagens for over 50 years. They're experts on Jettis, Passats, Nuno Beetles, Golfs, TDIs, Urvans, and Vanagans. And they work on most other makes and models, too. They're on 13th Street near the Ocean Campus in Corvallis. Independent Auto Works, the guys you can trust.
3: Your satisfaction is our
13: success. Independent Auto Works. You
10: can depend on Middleton
13: Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today online at middletonheating.net.
11: Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change at NTEC, we are looking for you. NTEC is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited. Excited to meet
9: you. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids, off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com
6: are you considering a new look this winter looking for something to brighten up your daily routine mcclinton painting can help we know cabinets can be expensive to replace but painting them can be an affordable way to upgrade increasing the value of your home and bringing a new look to your daily routine update your wood storage cabinets kitchen cabinets or even bathroom vanities big or small we paint them all find us online at mcclintonpainting.com mcclinton painting Quality painting made easy.
12: This is L.A. Rams punter Johnny Hecker, and you are listening to The Joe Beaver Show.
0: Did you just play it on the air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he say L.A. Rams player? I don't think he said punter, did he? Uh, because he doesn't consider himself. Let me replay. Just it. a punter. I'd let's, like to hear it again. It. Ready?
13: This is L.A. Rams punter Johnny Oh, he Hecker. did say punter. You are listening okay. to The Joe
3: Beaver Show. Yeah, when we were done uh, recording, it was a recorded interview. You, you, you well know, we just got about three minutes here in this hour. And by the way, we, we should be able to get uh, Mike Hessel on. <laughs> Unbelievable. In the second half. want to hear that story. 64 yeah. luge. Um you read, you read rooms for everything. And when I first got hired here, Charlie Bush, my boss, said, go out to practice and get Coach uh, Erickson. Erickson with some liners. Oh, man, I was scared to death. I sure. was 22, 23 years younger than I am now. Half, you know, less than half the experience. And dealing with a guy that everybody feared because he's the king, right? He's the legend coming to Corvallis. And then Hal Cowan yeah. was the SID, and he was grumpy as all get-up. <laughs> and I was kind of looked upon as a kid, you know, new. So I'm doing new stuff. So I figure, and by the way, lesson to all you youngsters out there. when you're When you're charged with doing things... Think in your head what can go wrong and make sure it doesn't. So I'm supposed to go out to practice, get liners. I'm not going to have it on floppy paper. So I made sure that every liner was in big, black, bold letters, no more than a line or a line and a half. This is Coach Dennis Erickson. You're listening mm-hmm. to Beaver Football on 1240 Joe Radio. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Write them all out. As many as you know you think you can do, plus a legal ID. Mm-hmm. You're listening. This is Coach Erickson. You're listening to Beaver Football on 1240 Joe Radio, Corvallis, Albany. Okay. We mm-hmm. play on top of the – okay, fine. So I had it on, on a, like a – Paper that was ma- taped to a piece of thick cardboard, right? And it was windy, and that thing mm-hmm. wasn't going to flop around. So mm-hmm. you you just think of everything what can go wrong, and then I get out there, and Hal says it, it can, it's okay, and Dennis is like, ah, Dennis, I don't want to do this right now. And but, yeah, he said I'm that to Hal. Dennis says to yeah, Hal in, f- in front yeah, of me, right. And I when I got over to him, he goes, "Sorry about that." He goes, "I I, I just have other things to do." But he goes, "Let's knock this out." Right. And he was really cool. Once
0: I that's a classic story about the great Dennis Anderson. Yeah. He I, if I've ever I've seen a guy who would maybe roll his eyes or be grumpy about something for a moment. Yeah. Once the lights on, once he's and, and he's let's good. go, and he's 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 a pro. So with Hecker, um,
3: we did this interview and he was so beaver centric on his own yes bringing up jade carey and names and and everything i thought you know he's got time here i said hey johnny do you have a second i said i've never asked an athlete to do this (laughs) if i'm not standing there with them and i said could you do this and just say i'm you know i'm johnny hecker with the la rams you're listening to 1240 joe radio Mm -hmm. he goes yeah sure let's do it and he did it in one take
0: and he did it well.
3: He did it in one take, yeah. and he knew. He's so cool, and he knew
0: what we do here. And, yeah. and um, That was a very enjoyable conversation, by the way.
3: I, th- I thought yeah. he was very candid and very nice.
0: So give me again, give us again. And by the way, got a call, couple of calls off the air from people saying the last caller, Pat, was right about the whole possession and mm-hmm. lack of possession. Mm-hmm. Again, what I don't know, though, the notion that the that the ball possession nine-tenths of the law, yeah. that whether the ball was somewhat in flux, it appears on video anyway, when the timeout's being requested. Whether or not she has it. And if so, then no timeout should be granted. But on the other hand, no matter how much duress she's under, if the timeout was being asked when Ellie had both hands on the ball in full possession, it doesn't matter if she's about to lose it. You know what I'm saying? Right. If she has it and the timeout's being... Requested, It should be granted. We've got an hour to go.
13: All take please. Here's
7: the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis.
9: Everybody hear me? We're on at 5. And QID. 1240
7: Joe Radio.
5: I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. When it comes to low-cost airlines, flyers usually praise JetBlue and criticize Spirit and Frontier. But in 2021, it seems JetBlue let down a lot of travelers due to hours-long delays and cancellations. The New York-based airline recently dropped to the lowest spot on the Wall Street Journal's annual ranking of U.S. airlines, falling behind both... Frontier and Spirit. American Airlines almost incurred a similar fate, timed with Frontier for third to last. Delta Airlines claimed the top spot, followed by Alaska Airlines and Southwest. Separately, we got the news early today that Frontier and Spirit are planning to merge. Such a deal would create the nation's fifth largest airline. Stocks are solidly higher now, or modestly higher anyway. Blue chips outperforming the broader market. The Dow Industrials up 170 points currently. The S&P 500 ahead by 11, and the Nasdaq Composite is up 25 points. U.S. oil futures did finish modestly lower today. March crude falling nearly a dollar to settle at 91.32 a barrel. That's your money now. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor.
2: If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly.
5: Creon may increase your chance of fibrosin colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon.
2: Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call one 800
13: Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown
7: Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go beeves.
1: I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you stick it from the sand. Getting up and down from greenside bunkers can become routine if you use the proper technique. There are three factors that determine how far a sand shot will travel, how hard you swing, how open your club face is, and how far behind the ball you make contact with the sand. The only reliable way to create controlled distance is to only vary the force of your swing and the amount of sand you take while keeping your club face properly aligned. A couple of basic rules to follow. The farther away from the hole, the harder you should swing with a consistent club face angle. With this in mind, you need to just practice various swing speeds from distances all around the green. If you choose to just modify the amount of sand you take, take less for more distance and more for shorter distances. So remember, to stick it close from green side bunkers, have minimal variation in your routine. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers.
9: You probably wouldn't leave thousands of dollars on the table at a diner. Why leave thousands on the table with your tax return? Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you don't. This year, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits. Your Jackson Hewitt Tax Pro will help you track down every last one, so you get your biggest refund guaranteed. Don't leave thousands on the table this year. Discover thousands of dollars in tax credits instead. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com.
10: I
13: need postcards printed and designed. Oh, and a targeted direct mail campaign. It's possible
9: at Staples. I need my presentation printed, bound, and perfect. Also possible.
11: With Staples Print Big Promise, your small business marketing will make a big impact. And right now, get 20% off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 226. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. They're coming from everywhere.
2: See the big, big deal of here for country roaders, think. You blew
11: your wheelchair up. Corvallis, Oregon. Oh to see the total eclipse of the sun. Hard to tell the nighttime of the day. I'm talking about the sky, McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffalos are coming, amongst many others.
2: Seems to be a great of traffic here for a country road sink. Sight seeing. I know how you must feel.
11: Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. you look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky-high for life in Corvallis. The
0: skies is amazing. There seems
10: to be a lot happening in it all the time.
11: If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special from there. Keep your eyes dimmed oh you'll get reports all right the best reports on the Joe Beaver show with John Warren and Mike Parker
10: <laughs>
11: and away we go with the Joe Beaver show on 1240 Joe radio
0: yeah we're thanks to the previous texture. Pretty sure Mike Hessel's brother owns Claude Felters on Monroe. What's that guy? Steve? Is, is that guy's name Steve, the proprietor at Claude Felters? I do not know. Steve Hessel? I, somebody please Phil. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. University Honda text line, 541-497-5356 five four one four nine seven five three five six a question and it's a fair one coming on the University Honda text line a question about what direction do you think coach Tinkle takes with recruiting in light of this year's results? Does he hit the portal again knowing the team needs help or did this year's results scare him away from the portal? It's a tough situation he the, the texter says and those are fair questions I think in the in light of you know, how the season has played out thus far with a mix that hasn't quite figured it out and played the way that certainly it looked like on paper, why they were picked fourth in the league, why, you know, I talked to somebody in Colorado, a coach at CU, who said you know, when when you guys were healthy and, and we were looking at, just looking at the personnel, the most athletic team maybe in the league or as athletic of a team as the Beavers have ever had. Just if everybody's healthy on paper, that's not far off. Although when I look at USC and Oregon, even I say oh, I don't know if that the most in the league, but mm-hmm. in the conversation and pick fourth in the preseason poll, and it hasn't played out that way in answer to the question about does, does Wayne, I'm, I'm having a lot of conversations with, with everybody involved with, with Wayne and the other assistants. And I I'm excited about who they've already signed and conversations in theory about, you know, what, what they're doing on the recruiting trail to address issues that have manifested themselves. And I like, I love the sound of things and the direction that Wayne and his staff are going to take the program. They're not done yet this year. They're not saying, well, okay, yeah, we're already on to next year. We don't No, they're, they're going to prepare and try to get everybody on the same page. Try to get healthy, first of all. That's going to help to get Warreath and Deshaun back in the fold. And Trey Williams had to leave the game late. I mean, the Beavers were a wounded team already without two players going. Then you have Rodriguez and Gianni early. So the season... It's been a mess in that sense, in, in terms of the results on the court and the injuries involved and the things that have happened. Yes, we get it, and the record is what it is. Deshaun was playing so well, and too. And he was leading the league in assists. So you go from the league leader in assists to, to not having a true point guard on the floor, and, and that's certainly Disappointing showed.
3: about thought, Yeah. Prior to hearing that, you know, before the first game, very surprised.
0: He's a guy that can get you double-doubles on a yeah. fairly frequent basis when healthy. So and and two
3: sometimes and, you when you lose certain players, they you learn of their value after they're gone, and that would be Ethan Thompson and Zach Reichel together, well, as veteran yeah, solid right, leaders right. who kind of kept kept the keep team, you on
0: course and keep
3: you yeah, together. So you've mm-hmm. got eight new guys, and let's say yeah. you know it's chronicled that they were. Not knowing each other and not doing what they were supposed to do to get to know each other, which shocked me. Um, a Reichel or an Ethan Thompson probably would have never let that happen. Right,
0: right. No, I, so that changes. No, and, a lot. and I don't think we. You're right about the. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Sounds like a song somewhere, but it sure is a saying. Seems like I can hear a tune and, in and,
3: the and background. And, and, uh, oh yeah, gone. isn't it the uh, Rolling I, Stones?
0: It, I think it is. Whatever the case, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's uh, and in terms probably, of maybe it's biblical. In, I don't ter- know. Maybe. in terms of Ethan and Zach, oh. we knew that they were solid and good, and that Ethan not above solid and good. I would call Zach a solid good basketball player. Yeah. I would call Ethan a a, high, a a cut above that. Yeah, he's playing and a great guy that's playing, playing right really now. well. In the G League, and I, we may end up seeing him play in the league someday because he's such a hard worker, conscientious, physical talent enough, and a work ethic enough to keep getting better. We, I, I think, we underestimated him throughout his we career. Did sort of he's in a the quiet sh- guy, yeah, and he's in the shadow of his older brother for a
3: while, right. and Trace, right, right. He's a very quiet demeanor, but. Apparently, you can be quiet to everybody, but behind the scenes and practices, mm-hmm. and and hotels, and and meetings, and meals, you, you know, you can be a leader. That I, I was surprised to hear how much of a leader he was yep. behind the scenes.
0: Absolutely, just because of his quiet demeanor. So, yeah, I mean, that's a fair question on the University of Texas line. My sense of an answer, I don't know much, but what I do know is. the The thoroughgoing approach in vetting and evaluating and all of those things is probably at a, at an absolute premium, maybe more than ever, and maybe even in in the sense of the actual ability to see players face to face, to have meetings in their hometowns, on campus, official visits. Some of those things were sorely lacking yeah. in the evaluation process, and that makes a big difference. You know, I, I. I was talking to somebody the other day about the legendary Phillies scout Ray Scarborough, the late, great Ray Scarborough, who was the chief scout behind the Phillies rise in the 70s. And scouting players like Tug Denny McGill. Doyle and and, and I, Tug came from the Mets, but scouting players like Denny Doyle and Larry Boa and Joe Liss and Willie Montanese and Mike Schmidt, Greg Luzinski cornerstone players for a championship level club in world series right. champions. I mean, a lot of those guys finally were part of it in 80. Yes. But going to, you know, pennant winning clubs, good clubs in the seventies and winning it all in 80. Well, Scarborough said the most important thing to evaluate in scouting. And I think it's a principle that holds true in all sports forever. He said, I want to know the inner half. I want to. You can show me tangibles, measurables. Yeah. You can show me bat speed or whatever they talked about back in those days, pitching velocity, going from well, home plate to first, uh, the ability to run, throw, hit, field catch, all the tool things. But he said, yeah, those are great. I want to see that. I can see that with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I want to know the inner half. I want to know the inner half, the side, kind of the makeup. People talk about makeup of a, of a prospect or an athlete and he said that's more important than the other stuff so i just let's just say and it's not as though there's ne'er-do-wells and, and bad dudes i'm not saying that <laughs> no. i'm just saying that in this process going yeah. forward yeah. i think finding you know finding the right fit finding people that will mesh and fit together yeah all of those things that it's not as though, ah, oh, hey, we Bob Bob Wood said, hey, chemistry. I'm not a chemistry I'm major. I'm not a I chemistry major. <laughs> and, you know, and they actually did have a lot of talent there. They did, but and they, they want a lot of, of games. Kinds of but, problems, right? And his <laughs> attitude didn't help. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I just to answer that question, I think that there's a a thoroughgoing uh, investment in the future in terms of ideal fits, character guys who are going to come in, be yeah. coachable, work hard, work together, and build the thing back up again, and. I, it's amazing to me, it really is when I think about Wayne's record, in that the first year with no expectations whatsoever, they, go, they win their first 14 games at home, and they beat Arizona when the Wildcats were ranked eighth, and they did that before Stevie or Trace had arrived. People said, oh, they've only won with Coach's sons. That's not true that first year. Right. They, they pushed. They, they, they could have been an NIT team. They were real close to that. They won eight games in league. After not having, you know, I mean, really, there were the expectations were extremely low for that group. Then they go to the tournament in year two, but after the tournament year, beset by injuries, yeah, they had a rough year. Then was that they, six, six games? Sixteen, the sixteen seventeen. That season. was uh, yes.
3: Trace got hurt in one of the first three yes, games of Fresno State. I called that game.
0: Yep, and in well, his work ethic. It, Trey went after. I mean, Trace went after a rebound, came down yeah. hard or something, yeah. always fighting, always playing hard, not recklessly, but with with abandon, you know, and, and got hurt. But anyway, from that point on, the team has won 17, 18 games, winning seasons, uh, 19, 20 were poised to, I think, get an, you know, maybe win another game in the Pac 12 tournament after Lucas's three. A postseason bid of some sort was in the offing, probably hosting in the NIT. That was all on the table. Then last year's Elite Eight run created, it felt like some real expectations for this year, and just as in the last time they went to the tournament, instead it's been a real drop-off in terms of record. This year's been frustrating, no question, but every issue that has manifested itself during the course of the year is being absolutely meticulously evaluated and addressed, and I think there'll be a build back up as after the last time they had a year of similar nature in terms of record. This one's a little different because that group bought in and really tried hard to play. You know, it's it's difficult to fully assess all that's going on here now with this year's group. There's more talent there than the record shows, and if they can get healthy and get back to work with their last 10 games, they're going to win some games. I don't think they're bound to lose out. They still are a dangerous team and a talented team that has played, some good basketball even in the midst of a rough year. Yeah, there's
3: been some flashes of really good basketball in small, small slivers. I think that the reason for the top four pick was you had four out of five starters coming back, and the one loss was the one that you don't attribute, and that is Ethan and the glue that he was. So that shines as a brighter light of, that's a bigger loss than you'd expect. It was. And um, have you ever tried to think of, how you could do as a recruiter. And I don't, I don't mean to say in a negative I would be horrible. Honestly, we know who's good and who's bad. And wow, that's great. <laughs> and all this sports knowledge, but I, over the years I've been calling, I've had so much experience doing high school mm-hmm. and college that I'm like, I, I still couldn't tell unless it's the, who's that guy, right? But everybody else is going for that guy. If it's a lower than who's that guy, I honestly couldn't tell if they could play at, OSU level, or if they're NAI, I can't tell the big mm-hmm. difference. If a 6'4 guy can shoot and dribble and do all those things, I've had guys say, oh, if he could never make our team. Or, I've had them say, yeah, he's a sleeper, when I would think they would be terrible i it's really hard now i could do the human part well of it.
0: that's the part though that that's I what think i think you would do. you'd be very good at reading discerning oh i'd is love this that. a character kiss somebody looks you in the eye absolutely and somebody that you 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 feel like oh okay now, this is the person that's going to come yes. in and be coachable and be a team person yeah, yeah i think you'd do a, an well, excellent job that. in that but the talent man i don't yeah. i i have a lot of respect for
3: all coaches Because they all have to do it. Everybody on staff has an area. And uh, that would not be easy to do. I know they're paid to do it, and they're supposed to. I'm not making excuses for the the guys. I I I, I hear what you're saying. If
0: you see uh, Zion Williamson in a high school game or DeAndre Ayton, you're like, okay, that guy. But then you're right. Then you've got every suitor in the country. You're saying it's going to be a little more difficult to find what Oregon State and many other programs have to rely on, the sort of solid Somewhat understated, not jumping off the chart, four or five star recruits that you, you can usually see that in yeah. a game. And they said, well, just go after those guys. Well, okay. Yeah, everybody you well know, like with Kentucky and, and Gonzaga and, and UCLA. Not,
3: as, not enough of them to fill every team in the land.
0: So you have to have that, yeah. that sense of now, discernment. One about other point who can about fit. this, and to the,
3: to the Texter's question, it is actually a really good question. Which direction will coach Tinkle go? Right. Well, we don't know because yeah. we're not inside his head. Right. But it's a fair question to any coach because of where we are right now. We are right in the middle of a tectonic shift in college sports and how to how to build a team. Do you build it through high schoolers or do you build it through the portal? Because there's thirty five hundred athletes in the portal. There's enough to go after. Which one do you do? And we're in a year that that question is not yet answered. It hasn't even been asked. As soon as it starts to get asked on a national level where there's articles written about it, then we'll start to see some coaches finally committing to which way. But I don't think they know.
0: I will say that the, in the midst of a disappointing loss in Colorado Saturday, the most encouraging player on the floor was a freshman by the name of Glenn Taylor Jr. I like that kid a lot. His grandparents and, follow him everywhere. That type of player, sort of a under the rate. I mean, he he was a in some circles a four-star guy, so it's not as though he was an unknown. But it'll be on shoulders of players such as that. And he's as nice a young man and yeah. hardworking yeah. and conscientious and a team-oriented guy. It's sort of like, okay. Let's Let's go do that again and again at different positions. Find players, you know, of his, you know, makeup, character, caliber, all of that. That, and a lot of you know, a lot of the guys in the portal, not just here but elsewhere, are looking to come to a situation where maybe they felt undervalued or right. not played enough, or were looking for something fresh and new. And I think that you know the the guys that all came in again on paper, in the transfer portal this year, looked as though collectively. They would be better than where they sit now. When you look at some of the, the, the talent level that they showed in their previous stops, and Deshaun Davis does lead the Pac-12 in assists. He's been a he's, good he's player. A, he's a good player. Yeah, there's no doubt about so, it. So, so the evaluative process wasn't flawed completely, or maybe even you know, it just somehow the mix and the injuries and all of that here of late have led to to the state you know that they're in, and it's a, it's a tough one, but. The staff, I, these guys, you know, I'm a little too close to it, so I know you'll yeah, out. Wow. Yeah. But these are salt-of-the-earth people and, and good coaches. Wayne Tinkle, Stevie, Coach Rupp, Marlon, all very good at what they do. And good teachers of the game, good recruiters in terms of, you know, I know that the recruiting effort's going on like crazy right now in the midst of the season. They had a couple of assistants out both at the front end and back ends of the trip visiting recruits, visiting with families, hosting.
9: Hmm.
0: <laughs> There's a, a sense of, uh, of urgency and importance to the effort, perhaps as, as much as any, any year I've been around, just in terms of the conversations that I end up huh. being able to hear and listen to. I don't,
3: I don't know that world. I, I, just, I, marvel, I, know. I marvel at it, and I really marvel at baseball. But I marvel at the fact they're really doing two jobs all at once. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough job. Thinking about it, you gotta you gotta recruit and build. And if you could have all your eggs and all your concentration on that, and oh, by the way, you gotta coach a team and go out and play right. and win games. Right. All at the same time. Yeah,
0: draw coach a team, drop strategy, scatter reports. I mean, it'd be blends, one thing if you film. do the
3: season. Yeah. And then and no one recruits, and then yeah. you go out and everybody shops in the store at the same time. Right. To do it both at the same time it's, which is amazing to me. And then for baseball to do all of that, only 11.7 scholarships, and the guys can go minor league baseball at, up to a certain point. <laughs> you work and you work right. and you work and you work, and what is it now, August, September? I don't remember what they de- the date <laughs> is. It's like, and then you live and you do and
0: then, boom, they all go right. They all go minor league.
3: Unbelievable. It's tough.
0: <laughs> Johnny, let's take a break. You have reached out yes. to Mike Hessel. That's right. And I want to find out how a loser... Gets into luge, in, yeah, and and then ends up being in a in a scrum and a brawl in Innsbruck or something. I mean, I, <laughs> yes. this could be but a little acquitted, known, acquitted
3: le- acquitted later, a little known legend of sports story. Yes, it would be a great one. we I know couple. nothing of it, and I don't. Is Mike? He is a beaver, by the way. He, did he go to Oregon State? Went To Oregon State, and he went to Oregon and UC Berkeley. So he
0: he went to here and Oregon and
3: Berkeley? He attended Menlo High School. University never see Oregon. You see Berkeley and Oregon State. I So know. he finished at Oregon State, it looks like? That's the order they wrote it in. Okay, uh, I don't know where Menlo High School is. You ever heard of Menlo? Northern
0: Cal. Northern California. Oh, okay. Bay Area. North. Well, let's take a break, Doc. 497 Until the texter alerted us to 64 Innsbruck. <laughs> and Mike Hessel, did any of you know that story? Oh yeah, well, Allen Regalis with it. one nine seven five three five six Did you have it, you
3: seen Eddie the Eagle, the movie? I have not. You got to see it. Really? I, I kind of feel like Eddie the Eagle. This little kid who's just—he's going to be in the Olympics. He doesn't care what sport. <laughs> and it's a true story. You re, you remember the eighty-eight Calgary Olympics? Yes. And he was Britain's lone ski jumper. That was the way he got into the Olympics because he found out, oh, we don't have a ski jumper. I'll do it. (laughs) At the time, all you needed to do was sign up and Mm -hmm. then there were no qualifying uh, issues. Mm -hmm. But Britain didn't want him because he he seemed at least the way he was portrayed, like he's on the spectrum. And they were embarrassed by him. Mm. And so they made some outlandish number. Well, you have to hit 61 meters, which he did. To, and, and made it. He was able to ski and jump, and he was terrible, and he, he was out after his first jump. He got to jump a second one, the 90 meters. He did 70 meters, and then the 90 meters, apparently, in ski jumping is like, oh, my gosh, everybody's afraid of it. You can die on this thing mm-hmm. unless you're an absolute pro. The Flying Finn was the guy mm-hmm. in the movie. He was so great. And he made the team and got the glory, and it's a great movie. Um, is it? Is he, it a good oh, movie? it's a great movie. Okay. He said... 90% of the movie wasn't true but it's still fun
0: right a little bit like Rudy probably a lot of that ain't true but you watch it and cry every time don't you don't you we'll take a quick break 4975356 1240 Joe Radio uh hold on oh you got somebody Nope. Uh, oh. Nope. we might need
3: to take Dave now because oh. um uh like the disappeared okay thing, so there are so no commercials this? to play okay so Tom Waters on the line <laughs> yeah and hold on i got an answer back on Hessel? Oh no, it's the stream. Okay. Uh, something must be wrong, Dave. Dave, I don't know about the stream because uh, my screen just everything's blank. So thanks for the uh, the warning on that, and I'll look into all of that when the show's over.
0: Hello, Dave. Oh,
2: hi, hi, Mike. Uh, uh, nice to chat with you, fellows. Mike, when you were out last week, uh, I had I was just listening to your dialogue the last half hour, and it reminded me of. Something I brought up with John, uh, one of the days you were gone last week, although maybe you were still around in any event, it's my my riff about the law of unintended consequences in uh, uh, college athletics. I'm referring specifically to John's point about the tectonic plate and how uh, mm-hmm. the the world is just simply so unsettled uh, 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 at, at every aspect. I heard Colin Cowherd say something, this one, I hate to recycle All right. for another show. But it is what it is. He said, or maybe a guest on his show said, that a, uh, a professional coach has, uh, has more control over his squad in um, basketball or football than a college coach these days. This was, in, this was within a discussion about why would Jim Harbaugh have been tempted to mm-hmm. take the job at the Vikings than, than in Michigan, because he can control his own destiny, and so here, here's my larger point about unintended consequences, Mike. Uh, we saw it all play out regarding the college football playoff and the diminution of the bowl system. We have all these talking heads, this cognoscenti, typically mm-hmm. revolving around the Death Star there in Connecticut, ESPN. We need a we need a football playoff, and then after they got that, the drumbeat was, "Well, we need." The players need to be compensated. They need. They need to be. Uh, they need. They need to have more liberty. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, mm-hmm. All this. All this other stuff. And it, and and in both cases, these people have been advocating things that have done nothing but damage the sport that they are ostensibly advocating on behalf of. So there'll be something else. I don't know what it is. Maybe you guys are smart enough to figure it out. But it's time to stop paying attention to these people. On ESPN and in the Twitterverse, let's just run our little micro universe the way we used to. And and I'm not saying everything's going to be fine. I don't. I'm not Pollyanna mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this. I don't. I don't have orange colored glasses on. But all these supposed reforms for college athletics
0: are doing nothing but moving college athletics backwards. Mm-hmm. That's all I had okay. To say. Thanks, Dave. Good talking I to you. With that, uh, Mike is also on the line. A couple of calls from the great state of Washington. We'll happily take one. We've had Harold from hey, uh, we, Sandy,
3: Sandy, but we So if we, anybody
0: here locally Corvallis we Albany. all take
3: baseball players from Washington.
0: <laughs> we'll take calls from a uh, a little closer to home if you'd like to jump in here at 497-5356 or text us on the University Honda text line. We'll take Mike, and then we'll take a break if you have a reappearance of uh, the most important part of the show, namely (laughs) our sponsors who allow us to stay on the air. I do want to talk, and Dave, thank you for your contribution, about a phenomenon on the flight. Don't let me forget this yesterday. I heard one of the more interesting conversations I've ever heard between an 8-year-old and I think someone that appeared to be in her late 30s or early 40s, and it was unbelievable to me. And I enjoyed it. I want to talk. So don't let me forget that. We'll do that after the break. Yes, but it was impossible not to be. And you can ask others around on the flight. Okay. Unless, like most people do, you have the headphones in and you go into your own world and don't listen in. Most people people do that. I know. And I I never do. No. Let's go to uh, Mike in Seattle on the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, Mike.
8: Hi, guys. How are you on this beautiful Monday?
0: Doing okay. Thank you. How are you?
8: Not that. Hey, so I uh, I was in an appointment and couldn't get on at eleven o'clock like I do normally, and so I got on about twelve ten, and it sounded like there was a lot of there was a lot of talking about the state of the basketball program. Did I well read that correctly?
0: I would say no, in that no, no, because we didn't talk about it at all until we received a text at twelve oh five, which we were addressing. So no, there was not a lot of talk about it. We talked more about the women's game and how the game at Arizona State played out Friday night.
8: Okay. So in the case of the men's program, I know it's terribly disappointing in the condition we're in right now. I'm, I'm disappointed. I enjoyed the big run we had in the last, Mm -hmm. uh, in the last year, but things that don't kill us make us stronger. I firmly believe we have the right coach. We have the right assistant coaches, Mm -hmm. uh, all of their families, and they are going to get this thing back on the rails. This is, these are trying times. These are, uh, you know, all these new kind of pieces of the puzzle, and I believe we're going to get this back on track, and we're going to win some games, I think, down the stretch, and then this will be a learning experience for next year, and if anybody is out there that's thinking, It's time to make some changes. It's time to get assistant coaches changed. Those are what programs do if they start panicking. And I've seen it happen at a lot of places.
5: You can't
8: go into panic mode. We've got to keep our feet on the ground and keep working hard and keep paddling and all those little cliches because uh, I think we have a coach and families who want to be there. They don't want to be anyplace else. And if we throw the baby out with the bathwater, it's like starting over again. And we've done that with Oregon State basketball. You know, for far too many years. So, we just got to grin and bear it, and and uh, and get through it. And in spring, you know, we go find some players and go. Yeah. So Mike, I like. I hope if there's anybody. Else.
0: Yeah. yeah so anyway, I like the attitude and and concur as I was suggesting a few minutes yeah. ago. But the other thing too, there's an example right in your own backyard, essentially, with the Huskies this year in terms Absolutely. of how bad things got. For Mike Hopkins, after he got there, they go to a couple of tournaments. He's a coach of the year twice in a row. And they've hit hard times. They hit hard times. But is Hopkins a good basketball coach? Yes. And so they get, they've they given him time. They've given him time to recalibrate, kind of go after it, and maybe take a little bit different approach. And they are playing very good basketball now. They, be, uh, You know what I'm saying? I just think there are times. I, I, I mentioned this to somebody the other day. How about Mike Price in football? Different sport. I get it. Do you remember Price in cool. Price in 97 with Ryan Leaf wins the Pac-10 and goes to the Rose Bowl. You know what he finished the next 3 years in the Pac-10? 98, 99 and 2000 dead last, 10th. Yes. But they he, he he was finding guys again, putting together classes again and then wins 10 in 01 and goes to the Rose Bowl again in 02 and Bill Doba wins That's 10 cool. with the same group of guys in 03. When you have a, when you have the coach as you're describing that knows the territory, that is good at what he does, is the right fit, and knows the community. No, you y- you have you have a great deal of patience in the when the times you know are rough, and this year's certainly been that. The what he's no. done, what Price did, what Hopkins. I mean, I just think you administrations, fan bases are wise to show greater patience and let the thing, as you said, kind of come through and get back on the rails. Yeah,
8: yeah no, absolutely. And, I, and uh, you know, I know you are close to it, and you can't always think what you're saying, and you are positive. Uh, but I believe it's, it's the perfect storm that's happening now and out of the storm, it's going to get better and better because, again, I firmly believe we have a coach and a family of the coaches. They want to be here until they retire, and if we start getting in this panic mode and trying to keep up with everybody else across the street or in, mm-hmm. in a different part of the world, then you get distracted from the, from the true north, and so I know Beaver fan out there, you know, that's got their phones and got their Twitters and stuff, and I can be one of them occasionally, but mm-hmm. then you got to remember how we got to where we are, yeah. and it'll get back to that, and we just cannot give up on, on the people that are making this thing go. And I'm glad he got a new contract, because if he hadn't, things might be a little differently. And, yeah. Yeah. and so everybody on the phone, everybody in, the, in Beaver Nation has got to take a deep breath, and get their feedback under them, and say it's going to be okay, just like every other program we've had that's gone through tough times, and we're going to come out of this. And so I'll be down there this weekend, or the following weekend I think it is, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to be there, kind of rooting on the program. Thanks, it's Mike. A program thing, it's not an individual yeah. player. So go bees.
0: Great to hear from you, Mike. Thanks for the call. Let's take a break. On that note, TJ's is in because apparently things are falling apart somewhere else in the building, and John left this room. TJ, thanks for sitting in. Can you take us in to break? I we... think
13: so. We, we were guessing, if you look behind you, Mike, you can see those two trucks sitting out in the front. <clears throat> we suspected
0: yes, maybe I've someone clip,
13: clipped an Internet line, but we don't know. Okay. I, it looks yeah. like the commercials are back. So. Okay,
0: we'll take a break and come back with more. I want to talk to you about uh, my flight on United and get your input on this as a young person next on 1240 Joe Radio.
9: Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Corner of 2nd and Van and Buren downtown and go Beeves!
7: Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim U.S., your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, five. 5- Four one seven five eight eight two four five. Edward Jones. Member SIPC.
6: Are you considering a new look this winter? Looking for something to brighten up your daily routine? McClinton Painting can help. Interior painting can increase how you value your home and bring a new look to your daily routine. Whether you want to have a few rooms brightened up or to make over your entire home, McClinton Painting can help. We are now offering up to thirty percent off of our normal rates. Find us online at mcclintonpainting.com. Request your free estimate. McClinton Painting, quality painting made easy.
13: Win meet at the Albany Gun Club March 12th Meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. 1240
6: Joe Radio.
0: Heading down the stretch, thank you for the text today. We've got one more break to take between now and one, but if you'd like to join us, 497-5356. Katie has seconded. Amen. What Mike in Seattle said. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate that. Missing. In the days we used to see Katie and Fernando all the time at Buffalo Wild Wings and the Coaches Show days, we missed that. But thank you for continuing to listen and support what we're doing here, Katie, on uh, 1240 Joe Radio. Also, got a text about you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I said that sounds like a song, and John guessed Rolling Stones, but no, I didn't see Big Yellow Taxi, Joni Mitchell. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> yes. What an amazing little song that is, by the way. And yes, I now I can hear the line Joni singing from Big Yellow Taxi. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. And we've been saying that in reference to two players we valued but maybe didn't value highly enough as a collective fan base for all that they meant to the success of a program and a team and the Elite Eight run and the leadership and the veteran qualities and all of the things Ethan and Zach showed. And the ball so often in Ethan's hands in the clutch situations, and he knew what to do with it and create for himself and teammates. I mean, so, yes, uh, the Joni Mitchell song is apropos. Another um, a rhetorical question, Tim and Corvallis, to Beaver fan, which would you rather have, 2021 Elite 8 followed by 3-17 three, three, three season, or consecutive seasons, just short of the postseason. I'll take the first choice. I I concur. Somebody would have said, look, in 2021, here's the deal. The guru comes to you and says, as he did in Night Gallery, uh, Godfrey Cambridge in a good episode. Jackie Vernon plays the guru who can grant you anything you ask. But if, so my, my friend and I over the years would say, if a guru came to you and said, and then gave you the, the choices, you can go to the Elite Eight in 21 and drop and win five games the next year. Would you take Yes, I'll take it. Yes, the answer to that is yes, I would take that as an exchange. Not that I expected it to play out the way it has this year. But, yeah, so Tim, thank you for framing it that way. Don and Corvallis text, 16 turnovers to three didn't help. The last 17 seconds wouldn't have. I think that might be a completion of the two games in that yesterday was the day where the turnover issue, there was such a disparity. In the, in the game against Arizona yesterday, I, don't, I haven't, don't have a box score in front of me. Maybe there was a huge turnover disparity in that one, too, against Arizona State. But, Don, with respect to your question, I do think the final 17 seconds that we've been breaking down, with help from people who saw it, uh, thank you for your perspectives on all of it. I'm not sure there was such a turnover disparity as the 16-3 to 3 that you referred to in the Beavers' loss yesterday when they ended up with less field goal attempts and the turnovers, Scott himself said in Ron's postgame show yesterday, were really probably the story of the game. Anyhow, though, Don, thank you for the text. Flying back yesterday from Denver, it is a long time to hang in the sky. Not only Starwood to Aspen, but Denver to Portland. It's a pretty long time to hang in the sky. At one point, I met a kid by the name of Lawson Elkins, Rachel, if you're listening today, Rachel Elkins. I asked even Lawson at one point, I said, do you have an aunt or a relative in Northern California, Aunt Rachel Elkins, and it was a question for the eight-year-old Lawson he wasn't quite sure of, but I don't come across the name Elkins that often. It's not that unusual. Stanley Elkins, the great historian I know, and Rachel Elkins I know, and now I met eight-year-old Lawson Elkins yesterday. Those are the only Elkins I know. I'm going to ask TJ a question here because I want to bring you in on the larger conversation, but just humor me. Do you know anybody with the last name of Elkins? No. Okay, thank you. It's not a wild name, but it's also not that common either. No, it's not. So I meet Lawson Elkins, and I ask if he has an aunt named Rachel Elkins, and he wasn't sure, but he's only eight, and... He was traveling. Yeah, he's coming back from Denver to Portland, so he's a traveler. But at one point, TJ, and here's, it was amazing to me. I enjoyed it. I even ended up, because of young Lawson, and the reason I even met Lawson is I was getting on the plane to take my seat. Lawson is high-fiving all the Beaver basketball players and saying to each of them, "Go beavs!" As as Warreath and Roman and Jared and all the guys were taking their seats. Young Lawson, go beavs! And he sees that I have beaver gear on, so he, you know, he doesn't think I'm the starting point guard or anything like that. <laughs> but he he says, "Hey, go beavs!" And so and I ended up sitting one kind of one row adjacent to him behind him. So I got you know, how, how do you like the beaver so much? My big brother is going to be going there. He just got accepted to Oregon State. Okay, and I ended up talking to. Lawson's mom a little bit, who was in the middle seat, young Lawson on the outside, has a, a video game thing in his hand. Whatever you, you know, what is the are they iPad? I mean, they're, they're, it's a, he's got is a, it a
13: touch screen. Yes, yes. So it was probably an
0: iPad. Then, okay. I would say. So, yeah, I think it was. And he's playing along in this video game. And the woman in the seat across the aisle, Lawson's in a, a C seat. And she's in a D seat on the next aisle over one row in front of me he's playing and at one point she leans over and says something to him about raccoons or cockroaches or something and those two for the next hour before I even I've this kid's eyes lit up he's he's about he's eight Lawson told me by he's eight years old and the woman that began to dialogue with him about this video game late 30s, early 40s is my guess. But they dialogued for most of the rest of the flight about the kids asking her questions. What do you like to do? What do you have on your island? How do you make your money or whatever? Talking about selling fish to make money and you got to watch the raccoons. If you you leave your house for too long, cockroaches will come. They were in this video game world for an hour of this flight. Comparing notes, the kids asking her questions. She is giving him some advice. He's saying, "Well, how do you know about?" I I have not seen a young eight-year-old's eyes so enlightened, bright, and a conversation as engaging between these wildly separated ages, generations, talking the same language, but very intelligently and informed. Informed they were informed. They and they're having a great time. And so, at a certain point. I said to the person next to me, who was also listening, I mean, you could, if you didn't have headphones in, you were hearing this conversation. So I said to this person next to me who knew the 38-year-old woman because they had been talking a little bit, I said, you have any idea what they're talking about? And she said to me, she says, yeah, they're talking about a video game called, and I think she said, Animal Crossing? (laughs) And TJ's over there nodding, you said, oh, yeah, Animal Crossing. Never heard of it. Have you played it? Do you know it, TJ? Uh, I know some people who
13: play it. I've never pl- once played it. But I, I know it's, it's very popular. <laughs> what do so you do as what? you can tell, I don't know, you <coughs> apparently <laughs> cross something with animals. That <laughs> wouldn't be something. I, was, I played a lot of Clash of Clans when I was in high school. Maybe it's similar to that. Maybe it's say, not. Say what was it? Clash of Clans. Okay,
0: then these two did start talking about Minecraft a little oh, bit. Oh, I played Minecraft. My That's a generation that. thing. My nephew. That's a
13: generation it. thing. Me, young seventh and eighth grade TJ played a lot of Minecraft.
0: Then I thought I heard Super. Is there a game called Super Mario Brothers? Super something? Smash Bros. Mario. Sup- yeah. Okay. Or super,
13: you, There's also like Super Mario something. I can't remember. This eight
0: but, year old and this 38 year old. I'll just say for, for argument's sake. Yeah. I mean. Oh, my! they, they were the best of friends this Ma- whole flight. Ma- I loved it.
13: Mario especially is a gener. It's a multi-generation game.
0: You've heard of Mario, brother? I have heard of it. I know nothing of it, but it opened my eyes to the glory, I guess. Of you know, because we, we, you know, me being an old guy, video game. I read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Go do do something else. (laughs) I appreciated the enthusiasm shared by this 38-year-old woman and an eight-year-old boy. Delighted to have this conversation about Animal Crossing. At the end of the flight, I said to the person in front of me, "You made a new best friend here today." And she said, "Absolutely, we're going to start playing games together." And the, they—I mean—they became friends over this whole Animal Crossing oh yeah, phenomenon. That's, that's really cool. Any eight-year-old who can talk about yes, anything, yes, and is he talked intelligently, good. asking question after question. He just kept quizzing her because he knew this is somebody that's been at it longer than he has. <laughs> so he's asking her all kinds of questions, yeah. and she was delighted to show him things. They, they started to show each other stuff on their pads. Yeah, I just I was amazed by it, John, and also almost won over to the whole thing because I've never played a video game in my life other than the first rendition of Pong, Pong back in the mid '70s. That's it. It's the only <laughs> video game I've. Ever played? What about your kids? Not into. They played some with their cousins, but never in but, our I mean, if own home. If, I, I,
3: if you're in the room, did you go give me give me no? The control. I never did. Let me try this.
0: No, they they never had controls at home. Never did. Okay, home. but have you not played video games because of snobbery? No, nope. or because lack of-, of interest. Not out of snobbery. Not out of. But but I also. Wish now, in a sense, that I'd kind of at least been a little bit more conversant in in my life, watching these two people love the world and life more than I ever have. (laughs) It's just the way they were talking to each other, that I've missed out my entire life on this.
3: Any little kid that can speak somewhat intelligently on anything and has interest is really fascinating. And
0: that's true. And that's why when I was eight or nine and would talk baseball yes. at Dodger games with guys in yes. their fifties and sixties, yeah, they, would they thought it was pretty that. cool.
3: Absolutely. There was one scene once and I, I it just happened. We were at, uh, uh, in Corvallis at Taylor field and my son, who was probably seven or eight at the time, we were just sitting there and he just kept asking me questions about baseball. Mm-hmm. And I answered everything that I could. It was all mm-hmm. basic stuff. And um, Helen Hansen, who yes. I had not yet met formally. I knew who she was. Mm-hmm. I had not met her formally. But she was sitting a few rows behind. And this went on for about 15 minutes. And I didn't think anybody heard us. Mm-hmm. And she said, wow, that little boy has a lot of really good questions. And, and I knew that, you know, a youngster asking questions about baseball, that's really cool.
0: About as good as it gets. It Even is. better than Animal Crossing.
3: It is about as good as it gets, especially for any sport. I would say baseball. That's the one where. Well, Dad, now what happens when right. I do this? What happens? Why does that guy stand out there? And I just loved it. That was like a high point of my, my parental life.
0: Right. I got you. I believe you. And that's what I was just fascinated. The, the video games themselves. Yeah. I'm not. I don't yeah. think I'm gonna go home and say, Hey, <laughs> can I play Animal Crossing? You no, but play? I mean, but I'm if not if sure you're that's gonna in happen.
3: A room, it, just try something. <laughs> Because I get it. I mean, I'm I'm 56 years old. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have games. Okay, and I play um, online with my nephew every once in a while. Okay, but so say it I re- just started I this respect
0: Christmas. it more now than I ever have it before. Just but it's not been out of. Well, I I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, that's never been my. But but I will say that my I, I've had even though I it's not out of. Well, I don't do that. Yeah. I have had, I would almost, I guess, negative view, I mean, of this, we live in the video game world, yes. and screen it's time and all far. that. It's yeah, I mean, I, I'm far. not real thrilled about that. it way too far. But yesterday, what I saw brought me around a yeah. little bit like, oh, this well, is cool.
3: But think about this. The 38-year-old yeah. is in that age range of ha- taking it too far. Well? Of, of you know, TJ. Just, hey,
9: and but, my,
0: and <laughs> my nephews. The thing is, though, they she... Take a, wait, but, what? But the thing is, the 38-year-old I, I as it turns out, yeah. they they were coming in from Ames, Iowa for a convention in Portland at the Oregon Convention Center this week called uh, Camp America. No. no, Camp America about no. camps. Oh and taking kids out on day camps and outdoor camps and camping. Huh. And this woman got interested in this stuff so she could have things to relate to a little bit more with the kids. And she says, and I've gotten kind of hooked on this Animal Crossing thing but she did it out of an interest in smart. kids. smart. So I like it, yeah. Any any final word before we take our last break TJ on the video game world? Did you did, can you get sucked in and lose yeah, yourself? Yeah, you can
13: and then you can burn yourself out like I did. I did. I mean, Good. I had my time. Played a lot, but yeah. I, I yeah, I don't have any interest anymore really. It's, did you play it, the
0: sports games?
13: Yeah, oh yes, absolutely. What did you I like? played a lot of 2K. Madden is very infuriating of a game. You know, we talk about complexities of football, and you have to like work that in with Madden, and it's very, it's very annoying. Uh, MLB The Show is a little fun. I never owned that game though, I'd always play that on my friend's system, so that sure. was about it. That to me was, would be fun. Baseball, I, I was a big Call of Duty person too, but burnt my that was the one I burnt myself hmm. out on. And I mean,
0: on the video, the complexities of football are can a person in playing Madden in these other games, become pretty conversant on yeah. rules, trends, strategies, all yeah. that. I mean, is there yeah. some value in that? Structuring offense, motion, formation.
13: Uh, I mean, it's not as pure as football gets because there's only so much the computer can do, right? You send a receiver into this area, and you know that by the 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 programming of the game, the safety either is going to be here or he's going to be here. And if he goes here, you throw there. And if he goes the other direction, you throw to your tight end who's wide open in the seam. So, like, there, there's these little tricks that people, like, there are people who are really, 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 really good at.
3: But it. if you play another person, you yeah. have to guess on which, the, which way... Yeah. It's gonna happen
13: and the other person can like user a player and and you know where they're on that and they can use the joysticks to control where that player goes instead of letting the computer do right, it right. but there, there's a lot of a lot of layers when you play Madden like that many offensive coordinators will you know call hot routes and mm-hmm. and plays and audibles and slide protection etc and you can do that all in Madden um, and it's you can you can learn quite a bit pretty to be sophisticated honest. stuff yeah you can, I love you
0: it. can learn quite a bit mm-hmm. and personnel too right yep. I mean people who play the NBA games and the major league baseball games and, and football end up knowing rosters and personnel for, yeah. them, for the major leagues. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hear people who play, you know, ML, whatever the MLB game is called. Yeah. What's it
13: called? Uh, MLB the show. But if we're to think even deeper to that, there's, there's this game called out of the park baseball where you can take over and it's a, on the computer, not on Xbox. You can literally take over an entire major league baseball organization from top to bottom. And I'm saying like, dominican summer league bottom you so know
0: personnel on the dominican summer league
13: yeah you control contracts uh mm-hmm. promotions like minor leagues like it simulates all this stuff you promote players like you build a roster to win a world series you have a 40-man roster you have to sign free agents trade etc it's that like and layers do you think, that too, before
0: we take the break tj that in the age we're in now that that some of the personnel people in the major leagues now grew up in that milieu and yep. and learned how to manipulate things because like that within a video game world. And these world.
3: NFL coaches, because they're all in their 30s.
0: Yeah, I mean Sean McVay and Jokers like that have been playing these games and getting a feel for mm-hmm. stuff.
13: And if you don't have like live sport, like a a live sto- sport immediately available to go, like you know baseball off season, football off season, it's worse ways to. To get sure. to to learn to structure and get some practice and such.
3: You and I had what was called ColecoVision, Vision, and you held it in your hand. It was little blip lights. That's all we had. Take
0: the eye out of uh, you and I. You well, take the you our out of it. You had time period. Uh, okay, ColecoVision? Vision. Yeah, I've never heard held. of that either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then when you scored, it went.
0: <laughs> I had Stratomatic and roll some dice. That's that about too. it. That's and about I liked the extent of it. Because of
3: the, the mental
0: part. Of yeah. It. Uh, I did like Stratomatic, and then. Anyway, I I just really like Stratomatic. Let's close with, uh, let's close the show, and if anybody has any thought about the Animal Crossing phenomenon, did I hear something utterly unusual or no, no? That's the thing about games like that. The generation barrier is completely broken down, and you you find yourself engaged with, you don't even know who you're playing, and they could be eight years old, they could be 58, (laughs) but this lady was at least 38, maybe in her early 40s, and she and this 8-year-old boy, Lawson Elkins, spent the entire uh, half second half of the flight comparing animal crossing notes, and I found it fascinating. Let's take a final break and wrap it up on 1240 Joe Radio.
10: Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first.
7: It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. The- It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley. Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl. Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis.
5: Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at stargazerpremierflorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest. A Circle Boulevard in Corvallis.
13: Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your
9: world. Alirica High Speed Rural Internet. plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. A Lyrica, the friendlier internet. Okay, a minute. Yeah, uh, I don't know. A minute
3: and a half. Explorable. I was going to tell you.
0: What was I going to tell you? You were talking about uh, video games. Yeah, and my, break. my nephew, when we play on, yeah. on the telephone, it's pretty cool. Um, tomorrow. Anyway, yeah. yeah, we're wrapping it up. Tomorrow, Jason Quick from The Athletic. It's been a long time. At some point, we can get JB Long this week. And he, I'm glad I heard you say that yeah. JB has come back round. We can get a perspective on a. Oh, we haven't even talked about this today, hope to tomorrow, because we had 17 seconds to deal with, and wrestling, and tens, and different, you know, animal crossing, watch out for the cockroaches if you neglect your property for too long. <laughs> Something like that, and the raccoons come to the kid. Lawson wasn't familiar with the raccoons. The elderly lady brought him into that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Anyway... A 24-year-old broadcaster did the Beaver Men's basketball game from Colorado, Jacob Toby, 24 years of age. I just want—I wanted to ask how was he? If anybody watched it, it as a kid, Costas asked, who got started at 22 with the St. Louis Spirits of the ABA. To the Jacob Toby worked with a guy named Sed Bonner. Anyhow, we've got Jason Quick and more to get to tomorrow. Thanks for joining us.
6: K
7: E J O Corvallis. And translator K 229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.